Salutations! And welcome out to the 33rd episode of the In The House podcast. I am your host, Evan Floyd. I am, I don't even know what the appropriate word for excited is this time. Because it's, I should have gotten out a thesaurus and really looked up. I did, and it's just nothing. Nothing got there about how excited we are about this particular episode. This is such a big deal. We will be joined tonight by the jefe, the the big boss man, yeah. the the man in charge of the lads on the field. El numero uno. Yeah. Coach John Hackworth is going to be <laughs> here tonight. He's going to be Hack here. Hack will be sitting here with us. We are coming to you tonight. I am coming you, to you tonight from uh, the Fall City Tap House, uh, Tap Room. It is uh, it is lovely. The place is delightful, and the beers are delicious. I've heard. Yeah. It, and are you not enjoying your beer? Well, yeah. My beer is great. Okay. Well, then uh, let's bring you in. Mm-hmm. So for this momentous occasion, I'm going to need some serious help, and I can only think of one person who's suited to that task. Oh. And tonight, he is coming to you live from a <laughs> bus station in Chevy Chase, Maryland. Chevy <laughs> My partner, Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. Andy. I got to be honest with you. Uh, you come to a place called Chevy Chase, Maryland. Yeah. Is it weird that I assumed that Chevy Chase would be here? I thought that he lived there. I thought they named it after him. They may very well have. I don't know the answer to that. I thought they named I mean, I was on this weird Caddyshack bender. Okay. And I know what you're saying. Aren't there only, like, two Caddyshacks? One of which, only one of which has Chevy Chase in it. Right. You'd be right. But you can watch it any number of times I'll consecutively. I'll watch it seven times in a row. That's a lot. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to find him. That makes sense. And so you went to Chevy Chase. Yeah. It seemed like a reasonable place to start. But he's not here. Well, people ask me constantly how you get to all of the you know, various exotic locales yeah, from which you record. And uh, it turns out bus. Bus stations. <laughs> yeah. Even I've the overseas been, ones. I've been telling people that I won a very large uh, out-of-court settlement sure. a few years ago. Makes sense. Um and I just, I've just been living off that. I get that. Uh, but, no, come on, man. We've got, yeah, to, we got Coach Hack insane. tonight. I'm, I'm really excited to be interviewing Coach Hack. Is he that bored that he was coming hey, it's, It seems like he would have to be. I don't even know what else could possibly be going on here. But uh, in the interest of hopefully not having a you know three-hour-long podcast for mm-hmm. people to slog through, we are going to try to hammer away. I've got yeah. one anecdote for us before we go, though. Oh. And that is, there is a heaviness in my heart today, because I currently do not know where my purple loose city hat is. The purple loose city hat that I wear what? to basically everything is uh, is currently MIA. When was the last time you had it? The Beer Olympics, and that means it could literally it could be, anywhere. be anywhere. Yeah. So uh, the Beer Olympics hosted by the O'Connells was a lot of fun. Lincoln has eaten it. That's completely possible. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot that of was amazing uh, time. had a lot of purple stuff, <laughs> and uh, by the end needed uh, needed a ride home. Mm-hmm. And during the process of that ride home, somewhere between the final event, the tug of war, yeah. and passing out in my bedroom, yeah. my hat just it's gone. gone. It could still be at the O'Connells. I'm holding out hope. Who gave you a ride home? My wife. Maybe it's in her car. It's not. I checked that pretty thoroughly okay. before the game yesterday because that meant I had to tempt fate yeah. and wear a different hat to the game. Fortunately, it panned out, as we will discuss in our yeah. game review. So let's flip a coin. Let's flip this game. I'm going to flip it this time. <clears throat> let's flip this. 
It's a heads. It's a heads. Let's do a game preview first. Yeah. I love it. Why not? Because this it is... It seems appropriate because we can save the glory of this past we game. We can. It's like, the, it's like the cherry on top. So on Saturday, it will be the final game of the regular season. Can you believe we're already here to the final regular season no. game? This season flew by. It did. Like, flew by. It's been very quick. Eventful, but quick. <laughs> <clears throat> and so what we've got here is the Louisville-Indianapolis Proximity Association football contest. Now, I don't know how much you, in fact, I do know how much time you spend on the social webs. It's not much. Not much. And so you may not be aware of the Louisville-Indianapolis Proximity Association, fo- uh, uh, Association football contest. PAFC? Lip PAFC. Lip PAFC. Yeah. So it's been named that by people. They were trying to get to come up with a really clever name for the derby between Indianapolis and Louisville because, come on. And they yeah. tried a whole bunch of horsepower stuff, and they tried a whole yeah. bunch of, you know, Midwest stuff, and nothing really stuck. Sounds forced. It, it, it all did. And so somebody, somebody, and there's legit debate out there about it, came up with Lipafk. <clears throat> just, you know, tongue-in-cheek. Well, mm-hmm. it's obviously it's a rivalry because we're near one another. Right. Uh, but the the internets have taken this in a delightful direction. Where, As they do. Where uh, now they are saying that Lipafk is one of the great rivalries in the history of sports. That, uh, <laughs> no. and, and, in fact, not just in the history of sports, but in history. They, they, you can you can find story, you can find stories online about uh, the first contest played between them in the 1840s, uh, and uh, you know the proud traditions that have gone on between these teams. Somebody the should sense. write an entire Wikipedia page. I'm pretty sure that, that that's in process. If it doesn't already exist, uh, but it's it's some clever and fun history stuff about you know how many times this game's been played and you know how it was completely even and blah blah blah. blah. It's it's good stuff. So uh, I, I'm completely down for uh, Lipafk, and yeah. I will even participate in the lie. Now that I've acknowledged that it is, yeah. you know, it's Well, a, now you have to. Right, but now I'm down. So uh, a continuation of this proud tradition. Yeah. Uh, Dating back centuries, really. Louisville <laughs> will, play India, it will play the Indy 11 this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be the final regular home, home regular season game. Where are they ranked right now? Uh, they are currently in fifth place in okay. the league. Fifth place in the league. They are, and let me say this as tactfully as I possibly can. Okay. They are a perfectly good team. I don't think there's, I mean, I mean this with zero disrespect to them. I mean it exactly as I'm saying it. That was very tactful. They are a perfectly good team. Very tactful. They are not great at any one area of right. the game. They, they average a little over one and a quarter goals a game. I think they've got 45 on the year. They surrender a little under one and a quarter goals on the year. I think they've given up 41. Okay. They are good team. They are obviously right in the middle of the playoff race. They could finish anywhere between five and seven, mm-hmm. and uh, a deserving playoff team. Yeah. They're, they're good. They they're also a little chameleon-ish in their tactics, mm-hmm. in that they basically play against the level of their competition. Mm-hmm. So when they're playing some of the higher-ranked, better teams, they tend to sit back and make you go at them, like they did in the first contest between yeah. us. Not the first ever, obviously, in this well, pra- no. in this uh, long historic rivalry. No, there are more swords but involved in, in this year. Right in this year, uh, they sat back and made us come at them, and it was the sloppiest game Louisville City, as far as I'm concerned, has ever played. <clears throat> there was basically no possession. The ball bounces funny on their field over mm-hmm. there. And nobody ever really got any any momentum going in any way. We couldn't play through the middle, and it was weird. 
they ended up scoring on a dubious handball in the box late in the game. We've covered how that was dubious. Mm-hmm. Yep. But they got a win against us, one nothing. That was our first defeat of the season. That's annoying. It was annoying. And it was on Derby Day, so it was double Super annoying. Super annoying. Um, but they played, they basically sat back and made us come at them. Yeah. They didn't even really have many counter opportunities. Mostly what they did was they sat back and absorbed pressure. We gave up a bad turnover, and they didn't even have to really counter. Yeah. They were, it sort of put them, it just sort of put them into the, our offensive third, our defensive third, and they got the, they got the handball call and they converted, so they got the win. So annoying. The second game, the game played in here in Louisville. Uh, was a 2-2 tie, mm-hmm. and they did it again. They sat back, they made us come at them, and uh, they got they got out in front of us. Mm-hmm. We came back. They got out in front of us again on a truly bad turnover in our third, on a really nice counterattack, mm-hmm. and uh, we came back and got them again. So it was a 2-2 draw in that game, and uh, frankly, I expect that's what this game's going to look like. Is one yeah. of the This is the interesting bit about Indiana, Indy, though, in this instance. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, go ahead. Right, but right, right. I'm pretty sure that they are the only team that we will face in all three coaching iterations. Our first game was under Coach O'Connor. The oh, second yeah. game was under the Triumvirate. And now the third game will be under Coach Hack. All right. So Indy will have seen our entire range of coaches for this season. And our tactics have morphed yeah. in that time frame. I'll be interested to see what Coach Hack does if they, uh, if they decide to sit back and wait and uh, make us come at them. And I'll be interested to see because... W- no back line. Six <laughs> dudes up front. <laughs> that would be intense. Uh, the game is potentially important for uh, Louisville City in that if we lose and Pittsburgh wins tonight, Pittsburgh's yeah. playing tonight, and they, playing? Uh, they play somebody bad. I think it's Atlanta. Okay, so... If they win tonight and they win on... Uh, Saturday, mm-hmm. then Atlanta could take us. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh could take a, take the number two seed from us, That's which would matter in the second round of the playoffs yeah. in terms of home field. Uh, but if we get a draw, then it doesn't really matter what Pittsburgh does. Right. So if we can just get a draw, then who cares? Or if Pittsburgh draws or loses either game, yeah. then who cares? Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I mean, it's an important still game yeah. at the when it happens, assuming Pittsburgh takes care of business tonight against mm-hmm. Atlanta. Then uh, we will, we won't know what we what we have to have to get the two seed, and so I right. say go out there and try to win. Yeah, um, we'll be missing a couple of players who got called up to the Jamaican national team, and Speedy and Sean, mm-hmm. uh, good for them. They yeah, absolutely well deserved, and it's a great opportunity for them to show the reggae boys what they've got. Sean mm. Francis, one of the nicest people on the planet. Absolutely, and Speedy Williams, by all accounts, the same, though we have not we yet have, had the pleasure. But we also have no reason to think otherwise. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so we're... Hell of a dancer. He is. He is. He And Kiki, she loves it. Yeah. So... The question that I pose to you, sir, is how do you think this game will go? Score-wise. Score-wise. Or do we want a little bit more analysis? Because I can talk about their players. Because they've got a keeper who's played every minute of every league game for them this year. Owen Fawn Williams. I'm pretty sure he's Welsh. Yeah. Uh, Owen Fawn Williams and he is, uh, he's played every minute of every game for them this season, okay. and that's, that's good. He's got 11 clean sheets in 33 games, so one-third of the time he shuts you down. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a good keeper. He's not a spectacular keeper, but he's good. 
their They've their got, primary scorer is Jack McInerney. He's yeah. got ten goals. Yeah. Uh, and then they uh, they've got two primary playmakers in Suni Saad and Ayoza, and both of them are good players. Yeah. Uh, Martin Rennie is a perfectly capable coach, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's what we know about the team. Now, how do you feel? I'm saying three one. Three one for us. I'm assuming. Three one for us. All right. Um. A, I just don't think they'll be like you said. Our coaching has morphed. Mm-hmm. We've literally seen every coaching situation we've had, mm-hmm. kind of ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, literally. Um, I don't think they'll be ready for it. Okay. Um, and we're kind of on a roll right now. Definitely true. And I think we carry a lot. We know that this is last game before playoffs. We know that's a pretty important game. Yeah. I think we see our boys come out with uh, the same energy that we, we've seen from them as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they know the mistakes that they made that led to a loss and a draw. Right. I think they are aware of it. All right. They know now how they play. I like in my it. opinion. I've got no objection. Which I have nothing to base who's on. Getting, but who's getting the goals? Um, one of them, I'm going to say only because I want him to you get the goals. You just want him so badly to get on so the scoreboard. <laughs> I agree. I want to be just in run of play. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, Ownby in the second game had his best scoring opportunity of the season when he took a PK against Indy right in front of Scouse's house. And, and uh, it, uh, it did not go well. No. But, so uh, he's out he, for vengeance. I, exactly. Yeah. He's out for blood. Yeah. So uh, you got anybody else special scoring or just sort of we'll see? I think we'll see. All right. Do you think they'll play Cameron or give him some rest? I think it'll depend on the game. I bet he doesn't start would be my hunch. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. But if he... If they do play him, I mean, it's pretty safe. I feel like it would just be fun to see him stack up. Yeah. If Atlanta manages to get a tie or a win tonight against Pittsburgh, I bet we see a pretty funky lineup. That's just a hunch. I mean, I you want to roll in on good form, mm-hmm. but this is another three games in eight days stretch mm-hmm. where some of these guys just need to get their legs under them. And so I wouldn't be at all surprised to see, like, Jonathan Lewis and Jose Carranza and yeah. – uh, Pat McMahon and Dobro, and I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see sort of a little bit of a unusual lineup. But I also won't well, be surprised to see. You know Jonathan who we, Lewis. You know who we should ask. Hack. We should ask. Because <laughs> he'll be here in like ten minutes. Well, especially because because Lewis can't play in the. He can't play. Right. right? So get so, every minute you get yeah. out of him. Uh, I'll be interested to see if Magnus is back healthy. I am going to ask Coach about that, whether or not uh, Magnus is close to being ready to be out on what the field. What if you ask him these questions and he just gets pissed? He might. He might. Just We're risking mad. a lot here. So, uh, <clears throat> But, no, I've got us winning 1-0. And I've got the goal coming from uh, maybe – this is an unusual one, but I'm going to predict that we do get to play an oddball lineup and that uh, Mr. Ballard, Mr. Richard oh, Ballard, right. gets a goal. So that's he's my, cut his hair? I don't know. Uh, Jose Carranza definitely has, and it yeah. was uh, fancy. Glorious, It was really. fancy. It was glorious. It was, uh, it was fun to see. So I got us winning 1-0. Okay. Finishing the year, continuing our, uh, our winning streak, which currently stands at five games. And uh, let's take this into the postseason. I would be curious to go back the end of the season and see how and see the percentage of predictions that were right 
Yeah, we could do that. I mean, I'm, I'm not, not going to do that. Yeah, no, that we'll, sounds like a lot of work. We could get an intern. Yeah. Are there Scouse's House interns? I don't think there well, are. Well, we should try to get one. Scouse, get on that. Um, get Kevin to do it. Let's let's transition straight over into the game reviews. Yeah. I mean, that's that's as good of a game preview as we're going to be able to give them here. I will say, however, get your ass out there to the ballpark. Oh, man. Because it's going to be a lot of fun. It's the last game of the season. The weather should be lovely. Yeah. Uh, it's cooled down now, but not cold yet. Yeah. And, It'll uh, be perfect soccer weather. It's supposed to be. It's the last regular season game of the year. It's a proximity association rival. And... Uh, I think that this is this is the perfect game to get out and take somebody to get them amped up for the playoffs. Yeah. So bring people because it's going to be a cool environment. It's going to be a big crowd, and uh, this is a good game to bring some people out to because yeah. you want people getting invested right here before the playoffs because the yeah. playoffs are going to be some big crowds. Yeah. So get them invested now. Well, trick them into your friends who don't usually go to the games. Just say, hey, man, this might be a cool like oh. Last thing to do in fall. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Just trick them, and then when they come, they'll buy season tickets. Yeah, that'd be good. In Scouse's house. In Scouse's house. All right. So now that I've shame, shamelessly plugged coming to the game, oh, let's move on to uh, the no reviews. No. Game reviews. First up, Toronto. Toronto. Uh, we got the finally got the monkey off our backs, got a 3-1 win. Yeah. Uh, that game, we got out ahead early with the 11th-minute goal by Illich. Held on. Cameron got the tie, uh, tied the record late in the game. We gave up another late goal in the 88th minute just to keep from having the uh, the yeah, making sure we have yeah. another lightly soiled sheet. Uh, lightly, yeah, just gently, you know, just 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 a bit of you know body yeah. musk. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but we get the three-one win. Uh, I thought that the team played fine. We gave Toronto the ball quite a bit, but a lot of that was that Toronto. Once they fell behind so early, they had to have the ball trying to come yeah. back on us. And so I felt fine with the way we played in that game. We didn't play much. Uh, we, we weren't particularly accurate with our passing either, but a lot of that, again, was Toronto was selling out to try to get goals mm-hmm. and uh, try to get back into it. So I, I felt like, you know, we played the way you're supposed to with a lead where we got ahead and then, you know, just kept their feet to the fire. Yeah. And nice to see Cameron get the goal yeah. uh, to tie the record. And uh, nice also that he didn't break the record, which it looked like he might a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, there at the very end of the game. Yeah. Um, he was able to get some rest in that game, only coming on in like the 65th minute, mm-hmm. something like that. And so uh, <coughs> got some rest for some players who deserved it. And uh, I liked that game perfectly well. 3-1 is always completely fine. You never felt nervous in that game. Got the Toronto monkey off our backs. Yeah, it was nice to beat Toronto. And so uh, just, just a, a clean, clinical, you know, Easy does it win, I thought. God, that field, watching the, the it, lines, though. God. The lines in the field. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, it was vertigo-inducing. I felt it was like no I was going to have a seizure. Like, I don't blame you. It was no bueno. I didn't like it. Um, but I did like, as I say, the results. So oh, yeah. uh, we, uh, we take the win and be happy with it and move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, that led us to our most recent game, which was played on Tuesday night, which as of right now was yesterday. Yeah. And that was uh, against North Carolina, the former Rail Hawks, now just NCSC. Well, Rail Hawks is a terrible name. It so. was, but, uh, you know, so is NCSC. It's boring, but whatever. Um, fell behind in this game. We had the brunt of the opportunities. We had a lot more possession than they did. We played with better precision passing, even mm-hmm. though it was a bit of an unusual lineup. With Paolo out, 
for uh, yellow card accumulation. Uh, and Speedy going up to the Jamaican national team, they played a um, midfield that was primarily Nile and Jose Carranza. Yeah. <clears throat> Which was an unusual pairing. Neither of them really play that spot much. You could tell that uh, Illich was tracking back a little bit more to yeah. try to be helpful in the middle. You could see that uh, the the uh, wingbacks were staying back a little more than usual in mm -hmm. case there were any turnovers in the middle of the park. And it felt like they played really, you know, fine for a 19-year-old getting his first start as a yeah. central midfielder. Yeah. Uh, I thought that he played perfectly well. Because, I mean, we don't he, – he wants to attack, you can tell. Yeah. And so uh, sort of the distribution and uh, engine role looked mm -hmm. a little new on him. And he took some chances that I don't think uh, Powell would have. No. Um, and a little more fancy footwork than yeah. was strictly necessary. Yeah. Uh, I thought, though, that Hack recognized it, and that's why he made the sub at halftime and said, we got to get Speedy in there, make sure we get this game. Yeah. And uh, Speedy came on, sort of righted the ship. He completed 21 of 22 passes and only had one turnover. That's insane. that's what Speedy does. Um, the one thing I loved about this, we'll get to Cam in a second because that deserves its own yeah. minute. But the one thing I loved was that after we got the lead, we really tried milking the clock. Like, you could see that the guys were actually trying yeah. to finish the game out by well, playing you made keep the away. Comment, you made the comment during the game under O'Connor. This would never, that would, you would mm -hmm. never have seen that. You would no. never have seen that. They never took the ball to the corners. They never, you know, if they had a nice attacking option, they never pulled it back out to keep yeah. possession for another five minutes. I think it's a smart move. Like, I get the idea of, like, get a goal, get a goal. No yeah. matter what, keep trying Absolutely. to score. But at a certain point, why not just hold it? If you're winning. And I thought that it, it looked a little unnatural on them a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't necessarily good at it. But they did They did it. And you yeah. could tell that it worked. Uh, few turnovers. And when they turned it over, they turned it over deep in Toronto's half. Made them travel the full length of the field to yeah. try to make anything happen. Uh, Paco got the captaincy in this game with mm -hmm. Paolo down. I thought that was a great Great deal oh, yeah. with Paco being the captain. Well earned. He's the anchor, anchor, anchor of this yeah. team. Uh, and he made two unbelievable diving oh, or sliding gosh. tackles in the box. He had a little run at the goal at one point, which was like, why are you doing this? He, this is fun, Yeah, but why are you doing this? Yeah, he even <laughs> talked about it a little bit in the post-game press conference that maybe his eyes got bigger than his stomach there. Uh, here's the thing is he said he kept expecting somebody to come up on him and challenge him and nobody yeah. did and so he just kept wandering farther and farther forward until all of a sudden he said he probably should have shot he said although he was trying to get Cam a goal so he said he was intentionally looking at Cam trying to get him open and uh, well that makes sense and he said he probably should have just let one rip from 18 yards yeah. and he didn't uh, the thing I said during the time in the game when it was occurring was this is your captain and you're all league center back mm -hmm. in a game where you're up by one goal and he is wandering up forward this was the opposite of milking yeah. a game and uh i'm, I'm i can't be sure and this is not something i'll ask coach but uh, it seems like i probably i bet he heard some words about that after the game because that's the sort of thing where why get out of position for this like yeah. it's super fun to watch like we yeah. loved it and if he scores there yeah. then the crowd goes freaking ape yeah but it's too much risk for too little reward. Well, it's like when the, the U.S. Open <clears throat> Cup, when Tosh got a goal, it was like, well. But okay. I mean, that one won <laughs> us. The, that one won us the game. Yeah. And it came from the run of play, and we were in a draw trying to get a win. 
Yeah. This is sense. one where we've got a lead, and your center back captain Watching is meandering yeah. up through the field. And then he had to go tearing off sprinting to get back. Man, you're just going to wear yourself out doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Pass the ball off to somebody whose job it is to do that, yeah, and yeah. then get back to position. But that is extreme nitpicking because, like I say, A, it was super fun to watch, and B, no harm, foul, no, harm no foul. Yeah. And uh, C, he played an unbelievable game as captain, and so yeah. I've got no objection to him having a little moment in the sun on a uh, galloping run forward. But it was still interesting to note. Uh, the other interesting thing to note from this game was Cameron Lancaster. Interesting is not – there's just no word for <laughs> – What an awesome goal for the record breaker. From about 28 oh yards, gosh. a blind shot over his shoulder, and uh, couldn't have put it there better. The keeper, you could see his eyes when he was tracking the ball from our angle because he's tracking the ball up over his shoulder. You could see his eyes just sort of fall yeah. while he did it. It was wonderful he because it was what happening. a great shot. Yeah. Uh, and Cam can make that sort of magic happen. Uh, I'm glad it happened at home. Me too. Got to break the record at home, just yeah. like Fondy did, yeah. and uh, super exciting and cool to watch. Yeah. Uh, Well-deserved. I mean, he's had an unbelievable season. He gets the nice tap-in goal later in the game from Illich just on a beautiful pass from Illich. Some icing. And yeah. Illich, it should be noted, is now up to 10-10. and 10. He's got 10 goals and 10 assists on the season, which Jeez. is an impressive, yeah. impressive, especially for somebody who's got to share time as much as Ilya does. Mm -hmm. And so uh, 10 and 10, that is, you know, that is an awesome achievement. And he'd be in the running for, you know, USL Player of the Year in a year that didn't have the four players that were incredible this season yeah. ahead of him, including his teammate, who's got 24 damn goals. So that's 24. I mean, that's th there's insane. no way to applaud him. <laughs> I, wanna, I was thinking about this when it happened. Okay. A few shows ago, we said he would have to get this many goals per game yeah. to, to get it. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's not bad. And you were like, eh. That's a lot of goals. That's a lot of goals. And, and then we just watched him break the record yeah. by two. And yeah. it was like. And he just put up three more in another two games. Now, if I'm him, like I said, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. He probably doesn't have a shot at player of the year. Because of the season Cincinnati had and right. because of the season that Emmanuel Ledesma has had, he probably doesn't have a shot at no. it. But what, what could put him back in the conversation is if he could put up a hat trick on Saturday. So maybe he plays just to try to put up some fun numbers and get some recognition. Mm -hmm. But what is four called? What is four <clears throat> goals called? I don't have a name for it. I'm sure there is one, but for us it would be a double forked lightning, wouldn't it? Yeah, I feel like that just seems too on the nose. Okay. Well, come up with something. We're going to we'll, think uh, of something. We'll think of something. Yeah. If you, I bet there is a term for it, and I just don't If you follow know. Evan on Twitter, because I don't. Yell at me about it. Yeah. If you actually, if you know what it is, then, yeah, please tell us. But uh, Or we'll also take suggestions for yep. what it should be called. I'm down with that. Uh, one final note from that game, and then we'll uh, start prepping up for uh, Coach Hackworth to be here. Coach, man. Coach Hackworth's going to be joining us right here. Um, one final note is uh, Niall McCabe, 100 caps in the USL. Oh, my God. The first Lou City player to have 100 caps in a purple uniform. He is uh, now the all he was already the all-time leader in appearances, but now he is uh, the first, as they call it in, this, in soccer, a centurion because he's got a century's worth of caps. Yeah, so he's the lone centurion. Is <laughs> Isn't that pretty awesome? Soccer's come up with some good stuff over yeah, the years. Yeah, that is metal as hell. 
chill, yeah, dude. He's the lone centurion right now. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, congrats to Niall on that. He should get that tattooed somewhere. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So, all right. Well, that's our game review, our game preview. We will get to some purple stuff, but we're going to do it with Coach Hack. We're going to do it with Coach Hack. And uh, we're also going to interview him about you know stuff that he will both find interesting and annoying. So stick around. Interesting, annoying, and not interesting. You bet. Just be there for it. Yeah, stick around. Welcome back, and as promised, we have in fact <laughs> procured ourselves a guest, and he's somebody who knows a little something about the Louisville City football A little club. bit. We are unbelievably pleased, exceptionally honored, and uh, frankly a little awed to be uh, yeah. interviewing the head coach of Louisville City Football Club, John Hackworth. Coach, thanks so much for being here. I don't here. know what you guys are clapping about. <laughs> It's an honor to be here. Happy to talk soccer um, with anybody, but especially you two. So I'm a fan of your show, and uh, hopefully this will be entertaining for all of you. We were out there. we were curious who the person out there who was who was listening, and it's good to know <laughs> that it was you. I think there's three of us. Okay, I'm one of those three. <laughs> well, I'm I'm extremely uh, uh, thankful that you would say such nice things because that's that's great. Yeah. Um, the first thing that we're going to do now, though, is uh, we're going to get into some purple stuff because we're still here at Fall City Taproom, yeah. and uh, we've got purple stuff in front of us, so let's talk about some purple stuff. They have wonderful purple stuff. Gentlemen, your purple stuff Purple up, stuff. And cheers to everybody. Cheers. Ooh, mine's malty tonight. Some malty purple stuff. Evan, can I talk about the fact that I refuse to drink the beer that uh, has a picture of <laughs> Yeah, we would love you to talk about that. <laughs> So, up on the uh, up on the the board where they display their different beers and their options here at Fall City, they have a beer called Humble Brag, and it has got sort of the legendary picture of uh, Brad Estes, of yeah. Brad with the shades and the blazer and the scarf blowing in the wind. Yeah. And uh, the, we the asked blazer him, looks good, by the way. That is <laughs> a does. fantastic look. It like, fits him really well, right? I like want one of those blazers. <laughs> Like, I can't wait. I'm hoping I get one. I don't know if I'm going to get one, but I'm hoping I'm going to get one. I'm, I'm on record as predicting that you guys are going to get one this year. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that it's like the Masters, yeah. where uh, every year that they yeah. win a title, that uh, everybody gets a purple blazer, and that guys who will have been here for five, ten years and won five or ten championships yeah. will uh, will have just a closet full of them, and they can pick out their favorite purple blazer. Instead of purple blazers, can it be purple uh, jean vests? That seems like a strange sartorial Andy, decision. That's a little strange. <laughs> Suns out, guns out. Suns out, guns out, coach. You could probably pull it off. All right, uh, my old ass is probably, no. probably not doing. You're in significantly better shape than this than this host. So I'm gonna I'm gonna respectfully move on from uh, from revealing clothing. <laughs> anyway, choices. my point is I'm not drinking any beer that has a picture of Brad Estes on it. I don't he blame you. He's a legend no of this town. I respect him immensely, but I'm not drinking any beer mm -hmm. with a picture of him on it. He's got a big enough head as it is. He yeah, does. Yeah. It seems reasonable. The humble yeah. brag is the perfect beer oh, it's for perfect. him. perfect, yeah. So, uh, but for Purple Stuff tonight, we do go through our uh, little news and notes, and we've got a couple of pieces. Um, frankly, we covered some of it in the uh, lead-up, mm -hmm. which was that <clears throat> the, the record for Cam, obviously, Niall getting the Centurion, and Ilya getting to 10 and 10. We covered that we were at, we had our pink out game and that mm -hmm. it was for pink prom and there were raised some really nice proceeds for cancer research. The crowd looked great. The uniforms looked great, I thought. Yeah, yeah, those kits are amazing. 
Yeah, I, I was a fan. And um, you were even sporting a little bit of pink on the sideline. I tried. I tried. Apparently, I didn't sport enough pink. Oh. Because uh, my staff felt like I should have worn a, a completely pink polo, but um, I thought I was I had the I thought it was a no. balance. I thought you Professionalism had a good, <laughs> you had and good, pink. Yeah, no. You supported the squad. I liked right, that. Good. Uh so we were really pleased to participate in that. My understanding is they might still be wearing the purple again on Saturday, the purple and pink on Sat. Excuse me, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, look, the whole month of October is about cancer awareness mm -hmm. and specifically breast cancer awareness. So yeah. it's, um, you know, why not? And we Absolutely. Got these, yeah. We got these boots from Adidas. Those looked um, great. Man, those shoes looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. I, I'm very thankful to Adidas. Uh, you know, they were kind of. I didn't really asked them for that they volunteered it up and they sent it to all the players that, that wanted them. wow that's uh, incredible so i think it was a nice gesture and we're going to try to return the favor because we're going to have every player who wore them mm -hmm. sign them and then auction them off to to whatever they choose yeah um you know and hopefully we can raise some more money for yeah. it but just awareness in general so um you know i know at least 10 members of scouse's house who are already trying to determine who's jerseys and boots they were going to be uh trying to bid on when those auctions come up yeah my wife's gonna get real mad at me when she sees how much i bid. <laughs> <laughs> well, frankly frankly if it's uh if it's greg's then she won't be mad at you at all don't talk about it, it. it don't. his wife's got a little thing for greg we don't talk about it uh -huh. <laughs> uh, he's he a good looking guy i'm not saying a blamer it's just you know he stands right down. there in front of us so uh, yeah it does a lot of stretching in front of her and it's like <laughs> so we've got uh the pink prom was a uh, was a great great event. I thought that it was maybe one of the better promotions of the year. Plus, not only was it a nice promotion, it was also a victorious one, which is unusual for us. When we do promotions, it's frequently really bad on the field yeah. for right? whatever reason. Yep. Historically, exactly, and uh, historically, it's been bad luck. But uh, this one not turned this out one. great. Yeah, got the got the nice win. Yeah. Um, second piece of official purple stuff is a Scouse's House news and note, and that is that on Wednesday night we will be doing our live podcast event from Oxmoor Toyota. we got a couple of the players who will be joining us there next Wednesday night. And uh, please, who is it? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the same guys that was originally scheduled since uh, they had okay. rescheduled. Yeah. But it was going to be George, it was going to be Paco, and it was going to be Pat McMahon, yeah. three of our favorites. Yeah. So uh, no objections if it's those guys whatsoever. Uh, they're going to be playing some FIFA. And, I have uh, a little bit of an influence over that. Oh, shoot. Oh, man. Okay. Well, so then, so you're taking requests? How many what you're purple saying? stuff you buy me to? Tonight will determine whether you guys get. Can we get seven, please? Bartender. <laughs> um, well, that's great. Uh, we, frankly, we've uh, we are consistently honored and pleased with how accessible the team is to you know a rinky yeah. dink little podcast like this for two rank mm -hmm. amateurs. And so uh, having the guys be able to participate in this is great. I know Oxmoor has been a great sponsor for the team, and uh, our dear friend and button pusher and young, youthful, young. vibrant Kenny Allward uh, works there and uh, will help. Is going to be helping to set the event up. They're going to be playing FIFA against people who come in to show up, so the guys Very get to cool. play some soccer. On what though? Uh, my understanding is they're playing it on uh, PS4, the brand new one. So can the, we play them? Yeah, I would assume so. I, I wouldn't if I were you, because you're terrible at video games. You, I might be awesome at it, though. You're terrible. Um, I'm going to practice beforehand. <laughs> I'm going to practice. And uh, so please come out to that. That's Wednesday. I believe it starts at 7. They're going to be having the grill open. We're going to be doing a live broadcast. And so uh, Andy is petrified of having to do this in front of people instead of quietly by ourselves. It's going to take a few purple stuffs for me to... I don't blame you. And uh, <laughs> I've got impromptu purple stuff. I've got impromptu just came to me. 
We Please. were just talking about this. You've got a brace, a hat trick. What's four? What's four in a game? Four is unusual. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that. That seems fair. I'll is there? That. Uh, we we couldn't think of if there was a fancy I don't official. I there's uh, a fancy official. I mean, I've been in the game a pretty long time, and I've never heard of, of an official name for four. I'm sure it's out there. Yeah. And it has to be in yeah, some now like people are going to send in some tweets. Yeah, just how did you guys not know that, that we always call it, you know, yeah, a, exactly, a game yeah. breaker or a, something silly? Something. Um, Beard of Zeus. But at least now we know that we're not alone yeah. in not knowing. So either it doesn't exist, which is good, or, you know, at least coaches in the same boat as we are. I think anything past the hat is a little bit, you know. It's just, just showing yeah. off at that yeah, point. It's just, it's just <laughs> crack, you know? It is. All right. Exactly, Andy. I like it. <laughs> and then. Uh, at the game coming up this Saturday against Indy 11, there is uh, Pints, Pints for Pints, which is a really cool um, promotion that they're doing mm -hmm. for where if you show up to Slugger Field up to four hours before the game, I think it's up to 3.30 p.m., you can show up. And if you uh, donate a pint of blood for uh, the blood drive that they're doing there, you will be able to get a uh, voucher for a free beer. So uh, show up. And, uh, I'm donate. assuming only for 21-year-olds and up. Uh, I doubt they're going to give them to you know children, we'll but uh, pints for pints, which is another really cool, uh, cool promotion that they're doing. I love when we are socially conscious as a team. It makes you proud to support a team oh, that yeah. wants to support actual good causes and not just profits. That's mm -hmm. always a nice feeling. Uh, that's I, I hadn't heard of that yet, but um, I absolutely I'll commit it right now. I'll do that. That's fantastic. All right. So you sure. heard it. So if you see a uh, coach in the uh, in the on the truck. Make sure you don't pester him about the starting lineup. So yeah. that's, the, that's the only rule. Give him some orange juice. <laughs> My wife is coming. This will be her first time in Louisville. Fantastic. Her first Loose City game. Yeah, she's always, you know, trying to, to do these efforts. She's mm. donated, you know, that's great. multiple times. Yeah. And, uh, so maybe I can get her to do it there you go. as well. So. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Plus, you know, donate blood and then pound a beer. Always a good idea. Always now a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I might not be able to pound the beer before the game, but I guarantee you I'll be pounding one after. There you go. And uh, we can feel pretty confident that uh, they'll have cookies or yes. crackers or something right, like that. To, there you go. Something to sort of tide you over yeah. and uh, save you from your blood loss. But, no, it's another really cool promotion. I'm thrilled that the team does stuff like this always. And so uh, get out there, and if you are a person who – is not terrified of needles, then uh, give some blood and uh, promote a good cause. You're not afraid of needles, right? No, not at all. No. Get a tattoo with me. Man, coach, let's let's go straight. In. Let's move straight into the interview here. <laughs> this, is, this is a good place to start. There yeah, it is. I'm, I'm done with our purple stuff. There it is. All right, let's go straight into it. Coach, do you have any tattoos? No, not that you can visibly see at least. <laughs> That's right. a diplomatic yeah, answer. Right. Do you have a reason to not have tattoos that we can visibly see? Not really. I, you know, I just, I have always thought that, you know, um, the body that I've been given is a blessing and, you know, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. my parents thought it was uh, more than enough and I sure. kind of accepted that idea and it's probably old school for sure. No, yeah. Traditional. I mean... My boys, on the other hand, who I said, do not get in ink, <laughs> they refused to listen to me. Um, the cool thing about what they get, you know, inked on mm -hmm. them is that they always represent something that is uh, mm -hmm. near and dear to their heart. Sure, um, yeah. And it's something that I always say: if you're gonna 
you're going to do it, you got to live with it. Yeah. yeah. Gotta, it's got to represent you your whole life. Yeah. Um, so, Andy, yeah. clearly you have a lot of ink on you. I do. You know, uh, my father kind of had the same has the same outlook on it but and then whenever i come home or, or go to see him with a new tattoo he'll look at it he'll kind of shake his head <laughs> and he'll go frank frederick <sighs> well what does it mean <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you do have meetings for all of yours one of the slow weeks of the off season maybe we'll do a uh, andy explains his tattoos podcast and you can go through an exceptionally slow <laughs> there's a there's a lot going on there. You're going to have to have a three-hour he's, co- he's, he's, he's pretty well covered. Um, yeah, no, I'm in the same I'm, – I'm basically in the same boat. I'm not morally opposed to them. I think they look really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not object- – I don't have any objection. I'm not scared of needles. Uh, I'm not afraid of what it'll look like when I'm older. But I, I sort of, you know, this is who I am. This is what I look like. I don't have any problem with that. And also, there's never been anything where I went, I have to have that on my body for the rest of my about life. the Loose City Shield? Hey, you know, if they uh, if they go back to back, maybe we'll talk. Maybe we, if they so go back, back to back. I might get one. There you go. See, so I love it. We can all go get one. Right, I know a great dude. I know a dude to do. I great would hope work. so. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. Now that we've covered the important topic of tattoos, uh, you've By the been. Way, if my sons hear this, which, because there's only three people that listen to your podcast, sure. they're not. I'm going to send it but directly to them. If they hear this and they have any inkling that I might get a tattoo, this you, could be bad news. You'll never hear the end of it. We won't tell them if you do. All right, thank you. Um, all right, so you've been in Louisville now for, what are we looking at, two months? Yep. Two months in town. How do you feel about how you're adapting to the city? I mean, this is a, this is a big change from where you yeah. had been. Yeah, look, Evan, um, this is straight from the heart, dead honest. I, I love this place. Um, yes, that's what we like to hear. It's, yeah. um, it is a really cool, vibrant city. Mm-hmm. Um, the community that I've experienced so far in a lot of little different areas, um, you know, I, I just dig. I do. Yeah. Um, I'm a southern boy, so every time, you know, I feel a little bit of the southern vibe around here, but mm-hmm. I also feel mm-hmm. the Midwestern, you know, so yeah. it's a little confusing. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like it. And uh, the things that I love outside of soccer, you know, beer and mm-hmm. bourbon. Um, <laughs> How much bourbon have you been drinking? Way here? too much bourbon. Than I <laughs> First off, drinking. there's no such thing. <laughs> there is, no. In Louisville, Kentucky, that too much bourbon is not a thing. Well, I'm... I'm potentially borderline of having a problem at this point <laughs> well uh, welcome to the city uh, i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure your i'm sure your wife returning to uh to to see you will uh yeah. will help curb she that problem set me straight but uh, <laughs> i'm gonna actually try to get her hooked on on this weekend what but, have been some of your favorite parts of louisville like you said louisville is broken up into a bunch of different neighborhoods and you know stuff like that so what like what has caught your eye the most well, right now i live outside of butchertown Nice. And kind of on cool the area. edge of, of New Lou. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I, I kind of, you know, mm-hmm. creep around a little bit more yeah. than most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the Clifton area, um, which is not far away. My wife and I live in Clifton, yeah. Do you really? Oh, yeah. We love it. That's an there. area like I, I'm going to take my wife to uh, and see if we can find a little place there. I mean, just the restaurants and the bars. And oh, it's man. a great scene. Yeah. shops. I mean, it is really cool. And for the first time in my adult life, I don't have to worry about, you know, buying a house or a place to live where I have to worry about schools. You know? yeah. Sure. My boys are older, older yeah. and, uh, 
you know, we can kind of pick a place that is for us. Mm -hmm. um, that's exciting. So that's kind of cool. Um, I love Cherokee Park. I mean, that place oh, is yeah. amazing to mm -hmm. me. The fact that, and I haven't done it enough, you know, um, for some reason I've been busy. I, don't know <laughs> it's I like can't imagine. Stuff going on. It's, it's almost crazy. like you were brought here to do a job. But, I mean, when I get the chance and, and when I can steal an hour and get on a mountain bike and go mm -hmm. ride and, and literally I'm on dirt, you know, in the, the woods, uh, you know, that's my happy place. Yeah. So Cherokee Park is is a, a jewel in the oh, city. Man. And, yeah. and it's fantastic. And you see how many people are there. And they're just outdoors. They're enjoying mm -hmm. it. You know, whether it's walking your dog, throwing a Frisbee, mm -hmm. um, you know, playing all kind of sports. Um, you know, obviously I'm on a bike and there's walkers and there's runners. It's yeah. just a really, really cool place. There's a, there's a, a joke not even a joke, but a saying that you can always tell somebody who is from Louisville because they know how to get through Cherokee Park. <laughs> well, then I'm, I'm an amazing. expert right well, now. Well, there you go. I can get through that place pretty good. Well, see, and I was going to ask how you felt about navigating the city in general. And I was going to say, I've lived here for six years and uh, that I know how to get anywhere in Louisville. I don't know the best way to get anywhere. So I can, if you drop me down at any part of the city, I can get me to wherever you want me to go, but I will undoubtedly have taken the wrong method to get there. Well, my critique of Louisville so far is mm -hmm. that these one-way streets, uh -huh. they totally yeah. mess me up. Like, because I know exactly where, for instance, Fall City Beer is. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't get here tonight because <laughs> it was a one-way street all the time blocking my path. That is that is a common complaint. Uh, yeah. So, Even if you've lived here your whole life, it's all it's it's like that. You just well, fair enough. You know, I mean, you don't run into a lot of traffic here, or mm -hmm. I haven't so far. So um, yeah, if you stay yeah. off the freeways, the traffic in yeah. Louisville is really not that bad. The freeway traffic tends to not be delightful, but uh, other my, than that, my sister was here this this past game, and I was trying to tell her, I'm like, I don't even think I mean, there's so many freeways here that it's like it's not that congested, even when <laughs> right. it should be. So. Um, and I'm a fan all the way around. That's, so that's, hoping, hoping that uh, the club and the team will, will keep me here for a long time. Wait for your uh, first derby. Love it. <laughs> yeah, you haven't even oh, been here for derby yet. Wait for your first derby. I just hope they don't play on Derby Day next year. They played against Indy 11, your next opponent, on Derby Day this year. Yeah, I'm trying to have a little influence on that. So, you um, should. Gotta go to the I derby. strongly gotta encourage you to, to do that. Holy yeah. crap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I get real excited about That's it. That's all right. So, uh, I want my wife in one of those hats. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Be a really it's cool really one of the best parts so. of it. Oh, man. And the, you know, and the drinks, of mm -hmm. course. Do we feel like we have a secondary theme to this podcast? Not this specific episode, but really all of our episodes. Is, uh, oh, are there drinks there? That sounds great. I think that might just be a Louisville thing, it though. It's like. Because Louisville loves its street festivals. You mm -hmm. know what I mean, when we get into spring and, and even fall, frankly, there's Do a festival a here going. We have an experience. Not yet. That. Not. It's we're a, almost it's a, there. It's a de, it's a delightful weekend when right. fall shows yeah. up. It's yeah, great. when fall gets here, really embrace it because it's gone very shortly. Quickly. It's going to be winter. Yeah. Um, but we love our street festivals, and the one thing that people always ask, like, "Oh, are you going to such and such this week? This weekend? Where's the bar?" Yeah. Which bar is it located? <laughs> which bar is it located adjacent to? Oh, yeah. Okay, that one. Yeah, we'll go. So, coach, we uh, you mentioned that your uh, your family's coming into town and uh, that they're going to be here this weekend. Are they going to be here permanently starting this weekend, or is it still going to no, be a commuting this, basis for a little while? Just a visit. Um, it'll be the the first one. Um, the 
the boss of all bosses for me is is my wife, the home boss. And, um, you know, I'll try to take her around uh, the places that I know at least, and and see if we can creep around a little, little, little bit, and and see if I can get her to fall in love mm-hmm. with some places that I've. Um, Come on uh, out to the East End with me. Don't do that. No. <laughs> it's it's lovely there. It's perfectly lovely. There's nothing out there, but it's perfectly. Where are you lovely. at? I'm I'm significantly out on the East End, which means uh, I live out uh, right outside of the 265 loop. He lives in the burbs. Uh, we in live burbs. in a we live in a very suburban neighborhood. Yeah, I'm looking forward to living. I think a little more central. I don't blame you for that. If uh, we weren't planning on uh, going the children route, I think we would have ended up uh, we would have ended up more central. Also, is there any sponsors that I can't mention on this podcast? I have no objections to things. I will tell you that mentioning specific uh, wine and spirit brands. How about coffee? Can, coffee, coffee is fine. Yeah, yeah. Right, so I just want to tell you that I have spent most of the money that I've earned at Quills. Oh, right? Quills okay. is nice yeah. because. Uh, like I literally have since the day I got here yeah first thing I want in the morning is coffee yeah so I go there I grab a coffee um, and it's just a really interesting little part of the city yeah. and uh, it's a great little neighborhood right look, there we're, we're building this phenomenal stadium Woo! I think that's going to be a cornerstone for all of us that are fans mm-hmm. of the club. We spent a good 20 minutes just talking about how excited we were yeah, on the last and, episode. And look, I can't tell you how excited I am. It's yeah. the, it is the true reason that I thought this job was a job that was incredible. Yeah. Um, and by the way, very fortunate to, to be here. Uh, but when that building gets built, I mean, I think that can be a cathedral mm-hmm. for all of us. And so I want to be close to it. I know? couldn't, literally could not have put that better. We've said it a lot. Yeah. But that was probably the best way that it's ever yeah. been put on. I get actual chills whenever I drive past just a big hole in the ground. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's me exciting. Me too. I've taken everybody that's come to visit me so far. Yeah. I've taken them to this big hole in the ground. And I'm like, hey, look at this. <laughs> this, this is, is going to be, this will be the house of hack. It's going to be, it's going to be unbelievable. It should be the house of Loose City and it should be all of the fans and, and all of us that love this club um, because that is really what a club is about you know it's not about a player it's not about a, a manager it's about you know the people that that love it and so I'm, I'm looking so forward to that being built and I want to be close to it you know and there's some cool places in this town that are you know I, I feel like I've already experienced it a little bit but I want to be there um, and not to, to take anything away, but I mean, I've been getting up early and at yeah. the office and staying there late, and so it just makes my commute that much easier. So, yeah, if I can talk my wife into living in an area close to uh, yeah. the Bushtown Stadium, I'm gonna do it. I don't blame you at all. No. Frankly, being able to ride your bike to work would be a pretty cool experience, yeah. too, for sure. Um, all right, so we've covered that Hack loves the city, which, how can you blame him, right? And, uh, That's no bullshit. And That's exactly how I feel. I didn't feel like that was contrived at all. I really didn't. Uh, you can tell the people who are just sort of, uh, yeah, I really like it here. This is great. Yeah. And, then, and the it, people it's, who it's feel it's interesting it. because I would have never said that before I came here. Mm. But I, I feel like it's a little secret. Um, you know, Roger Bennett was here. Uh, mm-hmm. One of yeah, yeah. We were having this conversation over dinner, and you know, then it's no bullshit. It's just me and him talking. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this is a really amazing little spot. You know, like, on the planet, this is a cool place. Yeah, I'm like, Raj, I totally agree with you. Like, it's kind of a um, hidden gem. 
It, it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving it so far. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And again, that's not. Well, it's not me just saying that. I'm glad you brought up Roger Bennett, who uh, came into town. And the way it was presented to us was really that he was just coming into town on a social call and uh, agreed to spend some time <laughs> greeting basically 300 people at Molly Malone's. And he took a picture with every single person. He smiled and talked to every single person. He took a shot of bourbon with every single person. I don't know how he walked out of there, uh, but it was such a cool night, and uh, it was. I think that both you and he earned a lot of extra special fans that night, just in terms of the the accessibility and the the humanity that both of you sort of eh, just people who love soccer wanting to hang out with other people who love soccer. That was yeah. a really cool night. Yeah, I can't I can't say enough about him because he is a, a true human that you know thrives on passion. Um, and he does it in everything he does. He loves football. Um, and so if he is around people that love football, you know, that's just who he is. Um, he's an amazing person for a lot of reasons. Um, and to have him here and spend some time with him, uh, you know, was fantastic. Yeah, I, I took a picture with him, and uh, I, I mentioned that uh, when I posted the picture, because obviously. Right. But uh, when I posted the picture, I mentioned that I told him, you know, after a couple of minutes of uh, pleasant chit chat, that you know, I had a podcast, and his response was, uh, "I'm sorry." And that was it. I was like, that's that's really good. He's really good. Um, no, that was that was spectacular, and that he is obviously a connection that you have through uh, some of your history in the game, uh, and you have quite a bit of it. You've essentially mm -hmm. coached at every single level of uh, soccer in America that you can coach at. I mean, I don't know if you coached peewees anywhere, but uh, I did absolutely. So surprise, so every, surprise! So every <laughs> level. Um, what is your comparison at this point between the level of play that you see in the USL on a week-in, week-out basis, and some of the levels you've seen both in the MLS and in the college game, and in uh, some of the the younger levels mm -hmm. of the national team? Well, I would say, look, I, I would say like the the. Maybe the best comparison is is to the men's national team. Okay. Um, and honestly, and I've told the guys in the locker room, they are so close to being at that level, and the difference is always so minute. Yeah. Um, if you take last night's game, for instance, you know, it's just the ability to connect when you have to connect, mm -hmm. and to do it on a consistent basis. You know. Our game is a game of mistakes, really, but it's how you react to those mistakes. It's how you execute in moments. Um, and there is not a, a huge difference sometimes. It is sometimes very you know, objective uh, to what the difference between a, a world-class player is and a player who is playing you know, in a lower division. Um, sometimes it's just about opportunity and who sees you in that moment and, and what you do in the moments that you're seeing. Uh, one thing I would tell you is that this locker room and the guys that are, are there right now, um, it's fantastic. You know, it's one of the best cultures that I've ever been around. And I've been fortunate to be around some fantastic mm -hmm. cultures and some fantastic teams. Every team has their own personality, if you will. Mm -hmm. Every team has a character. Mm -hmm. um, it is a blend of individuals. Uh, but this one in particular is special. So, um, and look, you have Cam who is lighting it up, you know, yeah. set a record last night, uh, and and 
look, that goal that he he broke the the USA record. Uh, beautiful is, cracker. I'm such a fan of that goal. I've watched it. Beautiful. I mean, at least 30 times today. Um, but you know, it dropped down right in front of where, you know, where we are. Yeah. That's our that's our goalpost, yeah. and it's dropped right down in front of us. It that was, must have been an amazing. It view. was an unbelievable oh view from oh coming off of this. Did foot. you lose your mind? When we lost our ever-loving <laughs> oh minds. One of uh, we have a, 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 a another member of Scouts' house and a dear friend of ours, David O'Connell. He's actually been a, a guest host on the show with us, um, but the three of us all every. Basically, every game all stand together. The when, exact same spots he, on the exact when same When he got post. that goal, all three of us looked at each other like, "Holy!" We shit. had we had <laughs> we had a second and a half of looking at each other, and then turning around to the rest of the entire group and yeah. just going nuts. It was it was a special goal, a special angle on that goal, and I'm glad that you mentioned Cam in in conjunction to what you just said, because it's been making the rounds on Twitter the last couple of days since the record was broken. That you know. Uh, he was perilously close to being what Harry Kane is today. That uh, they were in the same academy at the yeah. same time frame, and that Cameron was actually rated a little higher than Harry Kane for a period of time. One of the most famous and well-paid and best players in the world. And uh, we have a guy who was ahead of him in the pecking order in that academy playing for us today, who just because of a couple of bad breaks and a couple of injuries is here playing, you know, second division soccer in America instead of, uh, you know, on uh, Saturday mornings in England. And uh, that the difference is that small between completely world class, unbelievable, and uh, just the fun and great. Look, two uh, two people who I know real well, Clint Dempsey and Brad Friedel, Charter Spurs. Um, I don't get to drop names no. like that. No, no, we don't. We don't. Sorry, did I? <laughs> Dude, you like, drop. If, them. if I had drop names, those to, names. If heck. I had just, names just to drop, it. I'd be dropping them. The best no part of Clint Dempsey, by the way, is he is so down to earth. Like, he is such a southern guy. That's a really good idea. He is fantastic. Like, you, you want to talk about Clint on anything, and he ends up talking about bass fishing. You know, and uh, it's kind of cool. Anyway, I didn't mean to name drop, but I did. No, uh, we like that you name uh, drop. <laughs> but, but Brad and I are friends, and we, we work together in the U.S. youth national teams, and he is uh, talked about Kim and mm -hmm. talked about what it was like when – you know, Cam and Harry were coming through the Spurs Academy yeah. and where they were relative to each other mm -hmm. in the pecking order. And then you have just Cam's experience and what he went through and injuries and setbacks. So, and, and now you see what he, Cam is, is accomplishing. And, um, you know, on a personal level, not being his coach, not being, um, you know, related to the club, mm -hmm. just on like a fan of of somebody persevering through great you know adversity mm -hmm. like cam that goal was that that's legendary yeah so it was I'm so happy for him it was one of the glory moments we've talked about about it on the podcast before is that you know the difference between soccer and uh, other professional sports is that you know yeah it is a low scoring game but you watch goals like that and you get the significance of goals like that and it hits you harder than any other score in basketball what it took to create yeah that. like you watch how difficult it was to get to that and to get that glory moment it is it it's breathtaking the cool thing is you know 
look, that was not an easy halftime talk yesterday. That was an actual one of those halftime talks that was, to be fair, it was brutal. And, you know, I'm, I'm literally talking tactics and how we have to attack. And But the, the biggest message of all was we have to come out and make some plays. We have no choice, yeah. you know. And for Paco, he took it to heart. You know, mm -hmm. he steps in front of a defender. Mm -hmm. He's in a position that a center back normally is not in. Mm -hmm. And then he finds Cam on the, his next touch. And I thought Cam would have recognized, okay, maybe, you know, the goalkeeper is off his line a little yeah. bit. But he said that, that he just wanted to take a chance. Yeah, Which yeah. is um, unbelievable. And if you think about that, you know, and this is the part I love about our sport. Like, you have a player that just says, hey, I'm going to do something that no one's ever thought about. <laughs> something like special that, because you, I can. Yeah. Right, you can't make this up. Like, that is yeah. just one of those things. The creativity, the imagination, the, to just try that. Yeah. Holy cow, it's amazing. So I'm, I'm so happy for him. And in the end, it was such an important goal for us. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and... What Cam said to the guys in the locker room afterward, I thought was was so great because he was very thankful and appreciative to his teammates that put him in the position to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'll say because I've been, uh, you know, through this many times with with you know different individuals who break records or do you know things that that people appreciate on such a high level. It never happens unless you have strong people behind you. Yeah. And so and Cam. You know, acknowledge that right off the bat. Yeah. You know, you guys, meaning the guys in that locker room, mm -hmm. were the ones that for a long time have supported me mm -hmm. and, and got me to this place where I've been able to do this. Mm -hmm. So pretty, pretty special moment. And we've loved getting to have him with the club for four years. He's not the most gregarious public personality. <laughs> that's not something that he wants to do. And I don't, I never begrudge anybody for that. If that's not your personality, then don't try to make it be. But, uh, what he is is he's a great member of the community. He always shows up and does the public events that he's required to. Yeah. And he's completely gracious on a personal level with everybody, which uh, several of the members of Scouts' House have commented on about how sweet he is personally, even if he's not, mm -hmm. uh, you know, necessarily the most gregarious fellow in the world. That's not that's not on anybody. And uh, it's fun to be able to watch him do something special like that on the field after four years of getting to know him and getting to watch him play. Yeah. And seeing those moments of brilliance and then, you know, a setback or, uh, uh, you know, somebody just edges him out for a spot has happened a couple of times in this in uh, this run that he's had. Having his moment this year has been a lot of fun getting to see him really be the, the primary option, and it's mm -hmm. been great. Yeah, I hope everybody and, and all the other two people that listen to this podcast <laughs> appreciate the fact that, like, we're witnessing something that is extraordinary and mm -hmm. truly special. Um, because it is. This does not happen very often. We're going to get spoiled sports. here in Louisville where we saw it four years ago, the record broken, and now we're seeing it four years later. If we could just arrange to have a player break the record every four years here great. in Louisville, uh, that'd be great. I would love it, Evan, if I'm still <laughs> here to be a part of that. So that's well, my plan at least. Well, well, 28 years from now, and it's been broken seven more times right. than uh, right before before you ride off into the sunset. At that point, how many would they have to be scoring 35 a year in this league? That'd be uh, – That'd be pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we, we're talking a little bit about uh, about the players now and about the form that Cam has been on all season. We've had a lot of guys who've been in really nice form. And uh, we're coming up on the playoffs. It's an exciting time. 
do you feel after your time with the team so far that you have you've sort of zeroed in on what your 11 is going to look like going into the playoffs or do you think that uh, it just purely depends on form and practice or like what's your decision making process go into deciding who's playing on the 20th when we go when we host our first home playoff game that is a really good question and my honest answer is that um, I feel really good about my my understanding of the players in that locker room and what they're capable of but the the truth is is that i think there are a number of players that can contribute to that mm -hmm. playoff run mm -hmm. so it's not about having an 11 uh, per se it's about having a group of guys that believe in what we're doing and how we're doing it mm -hmm. and then i think as a coach just trying to pick the best you know players that fit what we feel as a staff are going to allow us to be successful on the day. And that's a, you know, look, we talk about a guy like Magnus, who is mm -hmm. you know, back in training Great. 100%. And I literally have not seen him in a loose City uniform as a coach yet. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even realize that, yeah. honestly. And, so, and, and he's been a really important part of this club for a mm -hmm. long time. Whoa. And, you know, I, I, for the, we have 23 guys in that locker room now. And they're all working, you know, their asses off to be in that position to be selected. Yeah. That's invaluable. And to give them credit, they love that. You know, mm -hmm. they love the competition and training. So the answer is, yeah, I have a good idea. Mm -hmm. But the reality is I think there's going to be some details that are, are still yet to be played out. And, and Saturday is a big part of that, you know, sure. because, you know, um, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, and I only operate on what I experience. You know, what can I gain? You know, what information allows me to make a good decision? Um, I'm hopeful that I can, you know, use Magnus as an example and gain some more mm -hmm. ex experience, some more knowledge, and then make the best choice uh, as we move forward in these playoffs. One thing that, that I'm curious about from that, from that perspective, because I, I love that answer, and uh, the thing that makes me curious, though, is the playoffs, who's going to be in what seating and who you'll be playing, that's still very much up in the air. That's going to be decided this weekend. But it's let's say, randomly, that it's going to end up being the New York Red Bulls that we play in our first-round matchup. And if we were to fortunately advance... That's not so random. That's I mean, it, Danny, It's completely Danny, possible. Danny Cruz and I are betting, by the way, oh. on who we're going to play. Right. Nice. Um, and, and my bet is that we're playing New York. Okay, I've got I've got wow. Ottawa. I've got you guys playing really? Ottawa. Yeah, I think Nashville loses to Cincinnati. I think that Ottawa wins and Bethlehem draws, and that puts uh, that puts uh, uh, Ottawa into the seven, Bethlehem into the eight, and Nashville out. That's just a pure random wow. thought process. But wow. Ottawa is who All I've right. got us playing. But let's say it's New York Red Bulls, and let's say that. If we were to fortunately advance, it's completely possible that in two straight games you could play Red Bulls and then play Pittsburgh. And those are two teams with completely contrasting styles, mm -hmm. completely different types of results. Where New York will try to score with you guys 100 goals to 101 goals, and Pittsburgh will hopefully play to a negative one to negative one tie and then beat you in penalty kicks. When you're trying to set up for teams that are so completely different in their tactics, is it more of a focus on these are our guys, this is what we do, we're going to beat you doing what we do, or is it 
they play a very specific style of soccer, and this is the best way to attack that style of soccer. In the playoffs, it, it um, you have to be more pragmatic. Okay. You have to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter how you play. It literally <laughs> doesn't matter at all. It okay. matters that you win, and that is that's going to be our approach as a staff. Um, you know, you can throw style out the window. You can throw all the stats out the window. Um, on the 20th of October, here in Louisville, we have to win. And yeah. So whoever we play, we're going to play to win. And we're going to do whatever we have to do uh, to make sure that we're in that next round. Um, and that's going to be our approach. And, and you, as you point out, we have opponents, potentially, that have vastly different styles. Um, I can, you know, from what I hope we get, because I like to coach in a certain mm -hmm. way and I mm -hmm. like to play a certain way yeah. of soccer, um, and I would love to say that we're at a place where, you know, we can play our style and do our thing and we forget about everybody else, but that's, that's not true. Um, the reality is that we have to be respectful of our opponents and we have to make sure that we play to win. Yeah, that's, that's a really darn good answer. I thought, I thought I had him I mean, tripped up. No, no I'm kidding. Yeah, um, people aren't going to think I'm Pep Guardiola in that answer, but the reality is that's exactly how we have to. I coach. think that any coach who comes out and answers, you know, we'll do what we have to do to win. I don't think you're ever going to lose no. fans from that. From that answer. Mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, we have essentially had three different coaching regimes this season, mm -hmm. and uh, the the tactics, the the over the overarching tactics of the team have varied and it's not even that all of any one set of coaching staffs has uh, required one thing and only done that one thing and I'm specifically talking about formationally uh, our team under you has essentially played a four-man back line pretty consistently from the beginning of your tenure to now yeah every game and that is a uh, change from what we started the season with and then a change a little bit from what the triumvirate was doing when they were at the at the reins uh, and obviously the results have been good there's been a lot of news on twitter and a lot of stats being posted about mm -hmm. our goals against average and our goals for average and all of that would be good news to anybody who's a fan or a member of the team but the one thing about playing in a four-man back line is that it really only calls for two true center backs and this is a team that has four pretty good center backs in uh, Paco, Alexi, Sean Tosh, and Pat McMahon. When you are putting your staff together, or when you're putting your side together, I'm sorry, how tough is it for you to make a decision? And I'm not even asking specifically about uh, our four guys, but just in terms of when you have guys who are similarly talented, who have had similar or positive results, What's it take for a coach to make a decision and say, hey, listen, you're playing great, but I'm sorry you're not playing today? Look, you, you bring up two players that I have ultimate respect for in Sean and Pat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only way I can express to them my appreciation for them so that everybody knows it is to play them. Sure. But on an internal level, all I can say to them is, every single day when you show up and you do your job and you make the guys that you're competing with better you know that's that's what a good team is about so um, the answer is that yeah that leaves some guys out and it does mm -hmm. leave you know I'm just gonna speak absolutely truthful here it leaves at the moment Sean and Pat out yeah but you looked at last night you know 
um, when we needed it, I thought Sean was the best answer mm. to, to close that game out. And it wasn't for a long time, but I can't emphasize how important Tosh coming into that game mm-hmm. was yeah. and how closing that game out um, with him on the field, playing a role, uh, you know, he has been a guy that I know is unhappy about his playing time, but I can't. All competitors right. would be, I feel Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah. But you can't talk about like the importance of what players like that on your team, when regardless of how they're, the amount of playing time they're getting, they show up and they contribute every single day. And Sean and Pat are two of those guys who have earned my ultimate respect because of the way they approach their jobs. And the fact that they do it day in and day out, and it doesn't ma- it's irregardless of my decisions and who I put out. And you know, um, they go to work and they do their job and they make their teammates better. They try you know, their best and they want to be on the field. Absolutely, yeah. every, every player does, right? right? Um, if you but, didn't, you wouldn't have made it to this level yeah. of soccer. But both of them are in a great position in my mind because of what they do on a daily basis. It speaks volumes of them as individuals. It also speaks volumes about what our team is like and the culture that those guys, you know, James O'Connor created this culture for sure. He deserves a lot of credit for it. Um, you know, Who's the coaches. That? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the coaches, you know, Luke, Paulo, and George, when they were in charge. I mean, this is an incredibly challenging season yeah. for this Absolutely. locker room to have yeah. had three different leaderships and dealt with, you know, three different styles of leadership, if you will. I think there's some fundamental um, ideas that the three leaderships have shared. Just um, translates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it translates well, to be fair. Uh, but it's different. And, and the decision-making um, is always going to be ultimately what the players, you know, have to reflect on because they're the ones that, you know, are putting their heart and soul into being a professional. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, there's 23 guys in that locker room right now and 11 of them are in the starting line. Yeah. And that's always tough. I love that you mentioned, though, how, you know, th- this has been a challenging season. And it has been. And I-, I don't want to put any pressure on you about this, but if they were to win on Saturday, if you guys were to get three points on Saturday, not only it already is the winningest point total for any loose city team in history yeah. but it's one more game than the previous season but if they were to win on saturday it would be the most points per game earned so that it would be unequivocally the most successful regular season in franchise history and that's under three different coaching regimes it's under a number of serious serious season altering injuries and also some truly terrible weather. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not even just talking about the Cincinnati games. I mean, that just sucked, and there's no but way you can run that. the season, I mean. We're playing North – we played North Carolina on Tuesday. <laughs> because that game got canceled, it was supposed to be the second game of the year, and that was an expansion team that didn't know what they were yet. They lost their first, like, 11 games because yeah. they were terrible. They pulled it together and were a, a playoff contender up until this game. So the level of competition that you had to face from North Carolina is vastly different from what it would have been if we hadn't had these weather difficulties early in the season. Yeah, it's um, all these points are valid. And uh, just a quick story, um, I'm out on the field uh, in warm-ups yesterday with Danny Cruz, and I walk out, and I'm like, God, it's such a beautiful night, you know? Gorgeous. um, Best night of the year. And he's like, yeah, this is great. And I said, Danny, I haven't walked on this field 
I don't think, since August, where I wasn't soaking wet for <laughs> two minutes, you know? And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. oh, man, like, this has been It's that little crazy. weather, man. It's, we have had, every time in a warm-up, it's been raining, you know? And and so I'm thankful that we have some good weather. And Looks, the, looks and like we should have good weather yeah. again on Saturday at this point. So it's a little... not in jinx. Right? No, I am <laughs> knocking on all kinds of wood. But, yeah, it's in direct opposition to last year when it felt like every game the weather was completely perfect and you yeah. never had a – and then this year we haven't had a single home game that didn't have some sort of yeah, but. It was yeah. like, yeah, but it's the, Louisville, it's the Louisville football opening game or, yeah, but the weather is terrible or, yeah, but there's also forecastle is happening or whatever yeah. it was. There's always some other thing. And uh, I think it really shows, though – the the level of dedication from the core fan group in that uh, this the fan the, it never drops under six thousand, and when it when the weather is good and there's not other stuff going on, then people in Louisville know that this is a thing they want to be at and want to do, and you see it go to ten. But we haven't been able to have many nights where there wasn't some other thing that precluded us from having the the people who are totally interested in the game and would be happy to show up, but just couldn't for you know a myriad right. of other reasons this year it's, yeah, it's hurt us I, I was joking with uh ken lola head coach of uh uofl men's soccer and having a great year yeah mm -hmm. props to, to ken and his team um i've been fortunate i went and saw two of their games go so cards Woo. absolutely um but my point was like i was joking with him that somehow we've had you know, games on the same night. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, we have to do something better than this, Ken. It's got to be some sort of staggering, sort like, yeah. So that I can come watch your games, you can bring your family <laughs> to watch our games. And like, so that the fans of just soccer yeah. in general in yeah. Louisville aren't forced to make yeah. a decision about that. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of crossover in yeah. the fanhoods between the Louisville soccer fans and the Louisville yeah. City soccer fans. Yep. And it, it hopefully we can get that worked out. Unfortunately, in this little time frame that I've been here, it's been conflicting, yeah. you know. So something we'll work on, and, and uh, um, it's great to have, you know, Ken's support, and um, at the same time, you know, I want to be able to do that. It, it's great to have a, a college soccer program of the level that they are. Sure. That literally, you know, is a 10-minute drive for me to see some of the best college soccer players in the country. And some nice scouting opportunities, I would imagine. That's exactly so. what it is. It's huge. <laughs> uh, so... I'm curious, James O'Connor was not what I would call enthusiastic about talking to media or, you know, I mean, how many, how many press conferences do you watch with him and he's like, he gives like one word answers, right? You are clearly the polar opposite of that. Um, is that something that was important to you to do? Or like, was there ever like, did, like, did the front office ever say, "Hey, maybe be a little bit more uh, open to people"? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, when I say I don't think so, I mean, I don't know what James was like. You know, I've talked to him on the phone. I've shaken his hand a couple mm -hmm. times. Uh, I have ultimate respect for what the job that he did here. Mm -hmm. But all I can do is be me. Right. And. You know, I, I don't know what he was like or what he wasn't like. I know what I'm like, and, and uh, you know, I'm fortunate, you know, I'm at a position in my career where 
you know, I'm not trying to be anything but myself. Right. I, I'm me. You know, I, I've, I've been in this game long enough where I've tried to be different versions mm -hmm. of John Hackworth. And, and the ultimate best way that I've found is to be myself. Um, I'm, I'm the most successful that way. I get the most out of my players. Mm -hmm. I feel most comfortable uh, doing what I do and just being honest uh, mm -hmm. with how I do it. And, and I think that's important. So that's who I am, and that's the way I want to approach it. Uh, it has nothing to do with what James was like or wasn't like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, as fans or from you guys, uh, you know, as the club is concerned, I don't think that matters to them at all. You know, to me, the club went in search of uh, the, the best possible process, coach they a, could a coach. get. Yeah. And, and somehow they landed me, which, you know, fair enough. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it. And no I'm objections. Extremely no. thankful for it. Um, but um, I although liked, Andy was pushing for Jurgen Klinsmann, I just want to uh, point that out. I was, was pushing for Zinedine Zidane. <laughs> he, he, wanted, he wanted Zidane. So all right, all right. Not, uh, that's fair enough. Uh, um, that's that's really encouraging to hear because again, uh, I like I like sort of the simplicity of both of the two answers to the mm. two toughest sort of concepts. You're following somebody who won a championship, and that's always going yeah, to be tough. tough shoes to fill. Yeah. You know I mean, absolutely. And it's going to take a while until I'm out of those shoes. Sure. You know? Um, Only about another two months, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it is tough no matter what. Um, yeah. And it'll be years, sure. honestly, before we kind of measure what that really looks like. Um, but on a day-to-day -day basis, my opinion is, my feeling is that I do my job, I do it to the best of my ability, and you know the players that are there and available, the decisions that myself and my staff makes, um, we're trying to do everything possible to be successful. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, some of that will go our way and mm -hmm. some of it will go against us. That's just the reality of this game. Um, you know, I've been fired twice in my career. Uh, it's an amazingly humbling experience. It makes you question a lot about yourself and a lot about what you do. Um, but you have to have a strong belief um, and a core values and how you approach things. And, and um, luckily, I'm to a point in my career now that I, I've been through all those kind of phases. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I'm really happy about where I am because I feel like I'm in a place with a club, with support, um, and with this fantastic, the best part, fantastic group of players yeah. um, who are fantastic professionals and show up every day to do their job to the best of their ability. Mm -hmm. So, This is the last set of tough questions of any kind that I've got, and then we've got a couple of fun things. We got, we got a couple of little fun things that we All like right. to do around right. here. Fair enough. But uh, I'm, I'm curious, it's only tough because it's, it's sort of this is a blind spot for the fanhood of USL teams in general and for Louisville, in particular that I I mean I know as one of them, is we don't. Now you're scaring the shit out of you. Me. <laughs> it's, it's it's only it's. <laughs> these are two <laughs> different sets of. Like what the hell are you gonna ask me? No, it's like, about it's about the off season. And I I don't want to try to push us into right. the future when we still have a season left to play and everybody's extremely excited about the guys that we have and the team that we're gonna put together for. Uh, the playoffs and what kind of run we could go on. It's all extremely exciting, and I'm not trying to run past that. But <laughs> here we go. Um, there are a number of guys on expiring contracts that Can are coming up. Can Andy ask some questions? He's got, he's got the easy ones here in a minute. we got a number of guys on expiring contracts, and I'm not trying to talk about specific players. That's not what I'm interested in. I mean, it is, but it's not what I'm going to bother you about. So 
with guys, we may end up having to remake a great deal of this team just based on other guys having opportunities at other clubs, guys getting calls up, guys getting deciding they're just retiring or are done with professional soccer. When you look towards what it'll mean to be building a team, because when you were brought on not just as the head coach, but also as the director. And so you've got responsibility to not just make these guys good, but to choose the guys to be good. Uh, what do you look forward to and what do you worry about about the offseason in terms of uh, trying to put together your first just guys that you brought together to be a team for Lou City? Um, it's a great question. Um, and it is the, the question last that, tough one. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is the, the question that keeps me awake in the middle of the night sometimes. And, and the first thing I think about in the morning is how to maintain the level of what we have currently. First or second place every yeah. year in the USL. I mean, it's tough. Um, uh, and and look, I, the reality is that you're not going to have a Cam Lancaster probably next year. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's just be honest about yeah. that. He sure. deserves to go on to another level, whatever that is for him. Absolutely. Um, and I'm happy for him. And. At being at, at this club at this level, I think that's the right way to approach it. Absolutely. You know, um, as a little segue, look at James Sands. You know, mm -hmm. he came here, he couldn't get a sniff, he couldn't find his way into the 18 of New York City FC if he tried. Right. Came here, played, you know, a couple really good games. Great games. And now he is back there, and a, a huge part of their plan is going forward. Absolutely. So I think that's part of our role and, and something we as a community and as clubs should embrace. Um, so wherever Cam ends up, and I would love him to end up back here, but the reality is he is deserving of a shot. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Somewhere. That yeah. Is, right? Well, and, we talked a lot the same way about Mark Anthony K last yeah, year before exactly. he left for L.A. Perfect yeah. example. Um, and there's other guys, you know. I mean, sure. I, honestly, I think Greg is a, another example of a guy who probably deserves that, you know. Um, you know, and there's other guys that, that in, you know, I've said absolutely to, play at a higher level to agents and mm -hmm. to different coaches and clubs, especially in the MLS that, you know, if I were them, I would be taking a look at these guys. Sure. Um, but that puts the challenge to your question, uh, on how do we, you know, replace those guys? How do we rebuild it? And the only way I can, uh, talk about it is that our staff, um, especially with, with Danny Cruz now and Andrew Delalo. Mm -hmm. Two guys that I have immense respect for and, and approach their job um, in such a good way. Um, we're working really hard on that, you know, and we're trying to work hard on every possible outcome. You know, what if we lose this player? What if we lose that player? And how are we going to replace him? Do we have a replacement in mind? Sure. Um, the the good thing right now is I feel very comfortable about that, and that's. Part of the reputation of the club yeah. in the league is exceptional. Mm -hmm. The club has treated players here um, in, in a way that it is spread throughout the league. Mm -hmm. It's special, and, though, a relationship that the fans still have with some of the former players. You can see it on Twitter. You can see it on, uh, on some of the guys coming back for games that uh, even guys who've left the club or left professional soccer in general still want to be associated with the yeah. club. And that's, a, that's always really a good feeling. Yeah, and that's, that's what a club should be, mm -hmm. honestly. A club should be a place where players feel like this is our home. 
this is where we were treated the best, you know, in every possible way. The club treated us the best. The fans treated us the best. This is where I had the best moments of my career. Yeah. You know, for Cam especially, to go back to him, like, I can't imagine him finding a better place than Lou City, to be honest. But I actually want him to have the opportunity to go out and, and score 24 goals in the MLS. Absolutely. Um, and I think he's deserving of that opportunity. Yeah. The reality is that, you know, thank goodness that, that Luke Spencer is here. Absolutely. You know, and as and, a and a Ilya. Num- and Ilya and as mm-hmm. a number two, like we have all these guys, Niall, um, maybe Magnus is in that conversation, you know, like we have guys that are ready to step up to that. Yeah. Uh, we need to have potentially some younger guys mm-hmm. that would step into those voids if if we need mm-hmm. uh, going forward. Which, despite our love for uh, what, the man we call Hulk, Sean Tosh, uh, despite our love for it's it's made me extremely pleased to see Alexi step in and just sort of grow yeah, into that his role. His confidence watching, I mean, the growth of him oh, this man. season has been remarkable. He's, he's been incredible. And he's one of those guys, a younger player who said, I can take on a bigger role with this club and just fu- and you know made yeah. himself indispensable yeah. to that center back He was line. our first player interview. Yeah. He was the first guy yeah. we ever got to interview. So, such a nice kid. Such a, so, Did you understand him? Completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I always, I, he is very understandable, but I always make fun of French guys, you know, like, what are you saying? He's but. such a friendly dude. My wife and I were at uh, Forecastle and uh, on the last day on Sunday, and we look up, and Tosh and Alexi are walking past us, and we didn't say anything at first, because it's easy for Evan and I to get kind of fanboyish, you know what I mean, when we see him, but then a little while later... They just happened to be walking towards us, and they recognized they recognized us, which I think was awesome, to, just to begin with. And Sean like smiled, but Alexi put his arms out and like walked up and gave me a hug. Was like, How nice are you, dude? Yeah. Some tr- some truly special personalities and guys on your team. Yeah, and I, look, I've said it many times before. I've probably said it too much tonight, but the group of guys that are in that locker room. Mm-hmm. It is truly special. It doesn't happen very often. You know, you can talk about all different kind of personalities and how they mesh together and form, you know, one identity. But this group of guys, um, they are truly special. And so, um, you know, look, you you talk about specifically Sean and Alexi, and I think both of those guys are going to be a big part of what we do next year. And I can't talk about like who's going to be where no no yeah and we right. wouldn't we wouldn't put uh, you in that no, no, position no. but i'm excited to have both of those guys back in the locker room and i'm excited to coach them and i'm excited to push them and i'm excited to teach them and yeah. because i think both of them have so much potential absolutely to be better than they are right now and yeah. that you know that's something as a coach i get so stoked about you know knowing a player that says hey here's what i am now but where can i be you know and both of those guys are great examples of guys that I think have have huge potential, and with time and really, you know, our concentration now is winning games. Uh-huh. But there's a time when we will concentrate on, hey, how does the individual get better? How do we provide opportunities where those individuals literally get what they need to become better at their trade? And, and I'm excited about that opportunity for both Sean and Alexi. 
Well, and you're obviously coming directly from a background of development, coming from yep. the, the, the youth side of the national team. And we're talking about development, and the question then that I have is one about deep future, now that I have already asked about the immediate future, the academy. Uh, it's, it's something that we know we're going to have to do to be able to be competitive in this league. We know it's something that we want to do and that uh, a lot of people assume that one of the big reasons you were brought in is because of your ability to help put that thing together. What about that challenge excites you and what about that challenge, what, what are the first sort of steps that you've got to take to start putting an academy into place? Yeah. It's a great question because the parts that excite me are the opportunity to build it without any idea of what it's going to look like. I love that. So you have, you have a, a, if you will, a blank slate. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I think of when I think about a blank slate is understanding the, the environment right now. And so you think about the clubs in this area and what they've done. You have to respect the coaches that are literally right now coaching youth soccer in this community and how hard they're doing it and, and the effort that they're putting into it. And now you got to take, you know, that information. For instance, high school soccer is obviously a big part of this community. Sure. Um, you know, because Brad Estes is a, a St. X guy, you know, he sent me a picture a couple <laughs> weeks ago of St. X versus Trinity, and there's like 2,000 people at a high school game. Yeah. Which is, in my opinion, awesome. It is. You know, like, that is, I don't care about what level you're at. You, at any level, are playing in front of 2,000 people That's under exciting. the lights. There are, there are professionals who don't play in front of that. That, yeah. is, that is amazing, right? And so that moment in in those teenage you know years is invaluable for those kids and i want to embrace that i want to try to build on that mm. you know it's just a small example but my point is that you know i need more time i need to talk to more people and i have i've tried to reach out to different individuals and and maybe the fourth person that might listen to this is going to say <laughs> you know he hasn't talked to me yet uh but i will you know, I'll get around to talking to everybody. You've been and, here and two months and you got a team to coach. I think we can all accept that it's yeah, probably going to take well, some off-season yeah. work. <laughs> the, you know, to go back to the answer, it's exciting, though, because I, I need to learn more about this community, and mm -hmm. I need to really get down in the weeds with, with some, some soccer people and hear what they have to say. Um, you know, Adrian Parrish, is a, uh, he's the director of soccer uh, for – all of Kentucky and the, the state and he came to training the other day and we sat down at lunch and had a really good conversation and my point of all of that is that I want to listen and I want to hear what every you know coach has to say especially the stakeholders in the mm -hmm. youth game and where they think we can have the biggest influence because we're not going to build an academy for any other reason than to try to give the best players in this community the optimal opportunity to be their very best. That's the only reason to do it. Well, that's and really the right answer. There's yeah. no, there's no yeah. other reason to do it. Like, I don't care about winning anything at a youth level. Mm -hmm. like, what does it matter? It means nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's a, it gets in the way of development, yeah. honestly. Mm -hmm. What I care about is giving 
you know, young players an opportunity to grow as people, to grow as players, and to have a chance ultimately, in my opinion, to represent the first team one day. And that's what I want to plant that seed with every young kid in this community. Like, I want to play for Loose City. You know, I want to play in that stadium in Butchertown one day. And, you know, I want to walk out and, you know, be, you know, here in the national anthem and be in that starting 11. Like, that is the dream that I want every kid in this community to hear. I hope everybody can hear it because I wish everybody could see how passionate this yeah, man looks about crap. this topic. It's really exciting. It makes me excited. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to go and play U12 soccer yeah, right now. They're not Probably calling you I would dominate U12 right now. I'm would just you know? Right now, I mean, for, for 20 minutes. I don't know, man. For 20 minutes. <laughs> after that, I'm going to need a nap. But the 20 minutes. No, seriously, it's extremely exciting to see uh, how – how enthusiastic you are about that uh, that prospect of getting to start that clean slate and get to know these people mm -hmm. and develop not just soccer players for you know winning games but for developing them as what kind of player they can be. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, the good unique stuff. something to understand about this is that American soccer and and youth soccer in particular mm -hmm. is very it is unlike any other culture to soccer in the world, okay? In every other country, every other country, it is pretty much streamlined to how you become, you know, a professional player. The path is straight and narrow. Mm -hmm. And we could yeah. not have a more crooked, more complex, yeah. more diverse, crazy, you know, pathway for a youth player. Parents don't have a, you know, sorry for any parents out there, but sometimes, they don't understand what that pathway looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um, the objective might be, oh, I want my son to, and I've had three sons that have gone through it. I want my son to get a college scholarship, and and well, that's really you know admirable, but sure. that's not the real yeah. reason to be playing a sport. Yeah. You know, the real right. reason to be playing a sport is because you love it mm -hmm. and you want to get better at it and you want to reach your full potential at some point. Yeah. And is there a way to reach your full potential? In my opinion, to have a professional club in your community that has a stadium full of fans and that every single week, you know, has a game, uh, you know, that this community can get excited about. And, you know, there's some, you know, whether it's a six-year-old or a nine-year-old or a 14-year-old that says, man, I want to be... I want to be Cam Lancaster going mm -hmm. forward, and I want to score that goal. I want to take the no look and just hit the <laughs> shit out of the ball in the upper 90. Like, that is yeah. amazing, you know? Well, and that gets that gets me amped up because we're so used to in American youth soccer seeing you know the biggest, fastest, strongest kid score nine goals so that yeah. you know the the other ten kids on his team can have a trophy, and he's not getting better. And maybe that kid could turn out to be great, and maybe the you know eighth kid on that yeah. team could turn out to be great. But you're not developing him. You're trying you're to win games by anything, passing yeah. the ball up front to that big tall kid. But I, I digress. Um, Andy. You have some questions about uh, about Coach Hackworth's nickname. There's some softball questions. Going it's on. all oh, softballs here on out. Right, the only questions I have are softball. <laughs> I just I like people to feel good, and so when Evan makes people angry Evan's with actual questions, people. Evan's been grilling me. I don't know how I'm long the, we've I'm been the here. worst. It's been three hours. I apologize. Three beers worth <laughs> of grilling. We so. so we are we we love our nicknames, right? Especially when it comes to. Louisville City Soccer. You know, you got Pat, whether he knows it or not, we call him McMahon Bun. 
although now it doesn't matter. He's doesn't lost work anymore. The, right? Uh, Toast, we call Hulk. Uh, Sean Francis, we call Kevin. <laughs> Has he told you that story? <laughs> what the hell is that? He about? <laughs> tells people at coffee shops that his name is Kevin. I love it. Yeah. All right. I don't That's know. It. Ask him about it. So that he writes it down on the, they write Kevin down on the cups because he says they always spell his name wrong. Yeah. So he says whenever he walks into those places, he calls himself Kevin because they yeah. know how to spell that. Hey, look, Sean is one of those people, and just as a character, uh, you know, he comes with volumes of personalities. So yeah. I'm not surprised. We loved having him on the, the show. Fan, he was amazing. And the fan base refers to him as Fight Club, but we his have Fight not, Club. Yeah. We have uh, because when he was on his trial with the team. We were instructed in the media and as the fans at the game not to take pictures of him or to uh, post anything about him because he hadn't been signed yet. He was on a trial in our preseason game, right. and they were afraid there were a couple of other teams that were trying to sign him. They didn't want him to know that we were about to sign him. And the first rule of Fight Club is you don't, you don't talk, talk about, about Fight Club. Club. Right, all right. So they so called him Fight Club. So that's what they nicknamed him. He embraced, he liked it. We I respect him. that, by the way. Yeah. I need to learn some of these little you know, cultural rules that you, you bet. guys have. There you go. Well, um, so we, you hear us call you the hack whenever you come on. We say, hey, I'm sure you can... Actually, I don't know if you can hear us. Can you hear us? I can me? hear you. Okay, well, we're, we're screaming hack. What would you like your nickname to be? If you had to pick a nickname for yourself, what would it be? Look, I, I always think, look, I love nicknames. Like, in my family, my wife has, like, ten nicknames. My <laughs> dogs have so many nicknames, we can't even keep track. My Our dog has... So many nicknames. <laughs> so I like it to be organic. So you can call me whatever the hell you want. All right. Your name um, just lends itself so well to being shortened. Right. Well, I've been called Hack or Hacky or Hackasack or whatever. Hack <laughs> We're not calling you Hackasack. I'm, I'm I mean, making that concrete decision. I'm just decision. making shit up at this point. <laughs> I've been called everything. And look, in my time in Philadelphia, if you put an M and an F before hack i've been called everything you can imagine all right so literally whatever you guys want to call me call me all right uh but i have no preference uh hopefully uh has it always been versions of your uh, of your name though or did you ever did you know people also ever call you you know uh you know slim or you know some other no, nickname in is, your life as long as i can remember and i have friends that i have been friends with since i was six years old mm. you know it's, it's a blessing to them and and the, the neighborhood i grew up in um you know two friends in particular like i have been friends with them i've been playing soccer with them since i could remember and you know my name has been hack to them their moms call me hack they don't even know there my name's john so, uh, you know, my wife probably knew me as Hack before she even knew my first name. So uh, it has just been part of growing up. You know, I had an older brother and a sister and um, my dad and uncles and cousins. It, we've all been called Hack. Um, yeah. I listen to my sons it's on the soccer field. It's such a good field. shortening. It is cool. Like, I listen to my, my youngest son right now when he plays soccer and I go watch him and I hear people, Hack, you know, this. And I'm like. That's my name. <laughs> That's not his name. His name's Larson. That's fine. You know, like, anyway, it's uh, you know, it is what it is. So you're comfortable with hack. You don't mind hack. it, and any, you're any used to it. Version except with an M and an F before. We're hack not going to do that. Big. If I so. think of anything cool, 
I'll email you. Right. We'll, we'll reach back. And we'll, out. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll run it by you first. Andy, you have my full license to call me whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you want, however you want. All right. Call him whatever. Just not late for dinner. Yeah. Um. All right, then I have one final thing that I want to go over, and then we're going to let you, uh, you know, get out of here. I'm sure you've got other stuff. So, in the last couple of weeks, you've done something that is near and dear to Andy and I's heart. You've What's grown that? yourself a beard. Ah. Now, it's a handsome beard, and it's as a, a man, looking as beard. a man who also has a salt and pepper you guys beard, are, you guys are just brown nosing, right? We're now. really no, not. No, this you, is, no, you see, I feel like you're brown nosing by where growing a beard. I feel like you're like eventually I'm gonna have to talk to Evan and Andy about this, and they're gonna want to <laughs> see me with a beard. Can't trust a man without a beard. Exactly. Right. Okay. As a man who also has a salt and pepper beard, I will say. That I like. First it. of all, my salt and pepper had no salt in it for a long time. <laughs> so now, um, maybe the stress of this club, this job, there is a lot of. It salt looks in good though. It's, it's like sharp. it's concentrated on my, the chin. My wife is gonna freak the, out tomorrow when she sees how much salt is in my beard. Well, Does she like so, the beard? I mean, she always talks about you know that she thinks she's you know with a, her boyfriend or something like that. So yeah, she's <laughs> a little different. It's a little different. Yeah. You know, it's a change up. It's the uh, way my wife feels when I shave mine. Yeah, um, but I, look, Evan, like you have a beard. Like I think I have some scruff. And okay. One of my child friends that I was referring to earlier that would you know I grew up playing soccer with, you know he makes fun of me relentlessly for even trying to grow a beard. Um, no, man, that's a good beard. I right. think it looks sharp. That's a good beard. Well, you got look, some good lines the, on it, too. Like, you clearly, like, have taken care of I've it. I have tried, yeah. okay? But here's the deal. You've put in the work. Like, I was in an emotional moment in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. after we gave up two goals late. And I, and I hadn't shaved before that game. And so I just said, F it. I am not shaving you know, I'm gonna go with this beard, and it's gonna take me, you know, wherever we go. And I'm superstitious, so That's then we win exactly the next what game. what I was gonna ask. And we win the next game, and you know, you don't mess with a winning streak. No, you don't no, mess with it at all. no, no. Nope. So like, this beard is is hopefully gonna be here for five more games. That's I was saying opinion. five more years. Let's just keep this thing well, going. That's true. You like, could, you I could end up looking like a wizard. Yeah. Year, so years and years ago, you think Evan's Evan, beard is glorious. If I could glorious. get that thick, I would love it. Years Evan. ago, Evan decided to that he was going to grow his beard out for a year. I did. And then write about it. Like He had this whole thing. He was going to interview famous people with beards, like ZZ Top. He was going to do this. And he let it go. And that we were how old were we? we were in our like mid twenties. I was uh, twenty seven at the time. Twenty seven. It was it was awesome. See, and I'm, then a, it was I'm a disgusting. late bloomer. I hit puberty really late. All right, <laughs> ah. so I'm feeling like I'm forty eight now, and I'm just you at can that point get away where I can with it. Get away yeah. with growing a little bit of a beard, but like. See, there's no way I think I could have a full beard like you have. I had to start. Andy, I might have one like Yeah, me. you guys are similar. Yeah, we, similar that's style. Mine would look like that if I trimmed it. His is just down. darker. It's just, yeah, that's it. That's it. Most just, of this is colored in. Man. I don't know if. He uh, doesn't, it annoys me. Colored in. It annoys huh? me. Yeah, I do. When I let it grow long enough, I get grays, and then I'll get these crazy shoots of flaming yeah. red hairs. Really? That was, really. That was your wife like that? She does. Yeah, all right. 
But that was the question I was really going to ask. Was that's the is most this important a, question of the whole podcast. To me, it life. was. Yeah, yeah. I've been holding off on this. Really. A, does the wife like it? And B, is it an official superstition beard where now you can't shave until we uh, take an ale? I cannot shave at all. all right. I'm hoping that that doesn't happen until, you know, mid-November. Honestly, to your point, well, think about it. You know, my plan is to win the USL Cup. Here's hoping. So then that means I'm going into the <laughs> You're spring committed. next year. You're and committed, I'm going to yeah. have some bald patches. You know, I might no, have to cut no, off a little man. bit of your beard, Evan, and <laughs> glue will, it to my beard. I will you know what, I, you know what we should bring back? <laughs> I think you're the person to do this, is, the, is shave this and do this. Oh. What no. he's saying is the Chester A. Arthur. The Chester A. Arthur. Which is where you shave this. the chin and allow the around. I think don't mess with the facial hair. I think, though, need, that I like I'm need you guys to educate me with any kind of I'm just, I'm sculpting just, that I could possibly do. I, I I'm not into sculpting. I'm just into the natural. There's, like, a whole, like, people have come out with, a, like, beard regimens. Like, there's, like like wash and there's like weird I, like I have a beard regimen. wax and like Look, there's I tried like to talk, I tried to talk to Brian Ombi about this the I, other that's day. what the, was the next place it was yeah, beard. so we're sitting there you know and we're washing hands at, at the uh, in the restroom and I'm asking him and he's shaving and I'm like how do you get that you know beard like you know and and he lost me he lost me completely because he went into what you guys are talking about I just don't have that knowledge yet. You gotta, so I might you gotta to put be, in the work. Yeah. yeah, I might to be taught about patience. Exactly it's a lot of patience. I'm gonna throw a free plug at Derby City Chop Shop if you need to have it professionally trimmed. Derby City Chop Shop on uh, on Bardstown Road. Right. It's a it's a good place. Yeah, but um, to close up though, that did remind me of two more pieces of purple stuff that I forgot to get to, and then oh, we'll, and then we'll get out of here. They're very very quick. One, Ilya Illich. Named to the USL Team of the Week yeah. uh, two uh, a week ago, so not for this last performance, even though he well deserved for that assist. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the previous week with a goal and an assist, played a great game. Uh, Ilya well deserved. And then the second is Brian Ownby himself is uh, up for the lower division USL. I'm not sorry, US Open Cup Player of the Year. Really. So the well, uh, the media, it. he definitely does. The yeah, media absolutely. and the uh, the other uh, and the tournament organizers whittled it down to three names of the best lower division soccer players from uh, the U.S. Open Cup this season, and Brian Ownby, who led us to our our uh, our quarterfinal appearance, well deserved opportunity for. Oh him. yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean. I for me, he wins it hands down. Agreed. Because the goal he scored against New England was phenomenal. Was a, a rocket. He's such a fun player to watch. Like, he's the player that you watch him and it's like, God, I feel so bad for the person who's on him right now. It's like you watch, like, you're going to have a bad time, sir. He's so fast. Even if he has a tough game, you just have to chase him all night. And that's, I don't know if that, you guys know no this, fun. but do you know that he was part of my team in residency when he was a young teenager? I actually did know that. I did not know that. Yeah, Actually, so I've known Brian for a long time. and Was he always this fast? He was, yeah, and he always looks this bad, you know? <laughs> like, I teach I've him said before, like, he, he looks like he shouldn't he can, be as fast as he is. He look like he's dying, and all of a sudden he <laughs> takes off and, you know, separates from the next guy, and you're like, where did that come from? 
I call him the, the bad language team. Like, his body language is the bad body He hunches. Language. Like, the he first does. time I saw him play, I was like, how is that dude so fast? His like, physically, Sam, how is he so fast? Yeah, his fiance Sam and I were joking about it the other day when we met. And uh, uh, he was, she was saying, look, you know, you know, this is Brian. This is how he looks. And, and now that I've known him for so long, I absolutely appreciate it. Well, we love him, and uh, he was undoubtedly the player of the tournament in the playoffs for us last year with a goal in each game leading up until the final. He better be that same. And uh, we, we're, hoping he gets on, we're hoping that if he gets on the field on Saturday that he uh, is able to break his egg because he deserves a goal. Absolutely. Yeah. He's played a great season, and it's just shocking to us consistently that he hasn't scored because he scored so much in the Open Cup that to us it's like, oh, yeah, he scored four or five this year, didn't he? Yeah, look, and he's a, uh, a player that you talk about, somebody who's gone through major adversity this year and and he has had some struggles mm -hmm. from, a, from a health standpoint um, and so I'm, I'm so happy for him to be back and healthy and and contributing playing 90 he, minutes the last couple yeah, of games he's is great. done such a great job and, and I know he, he wants to score the goal but I'm okay with the fact that if he just keeps contributing the way he is you know, that's what we, we we've said started. regularly. He spaces the field better than anybody else. Yeah. Even Jonathan Lewis, who's been remarkable this year, and we'll miss him so much when the playoffs start. But uh, he, even compared to him, I think Brian Owen yeah. spaces the field better than anybody else on our team. Coach, this has been so much fun. We really appreciate you. This has been amazing. Yeah, good. I it's think this fun. has been a good conversation. The three people will really enjoy this, I think. All right. Yeah, well, two people, because I'm two, one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, two people. people. Nobody wants to go back and listen to themselves. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, so those two, hey, hey, Justin, what's up, Martine? Let's, uh, let's go. But uh, seriously, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your week and meeting with us. A lot of fun. Thanks so much. Thank you Thanks very for much. Me on. Now, Andy and I always only ever say one thing at the end of any podcast, and uh, we're going to say it now. So that's a uh, go, go city. city.